Hey there, this is Brian Breaker, editor of AdAge, and you are listening to Marketer's Brief. Uh, one last time before we break it off into its own podcast, we will be joined by our man in Chicago, E.J. Schultz, who asks the eternal question, how do you advertise a product when you can't mention its name? That is the challenge of Electrify America, which is leading a brand agnostic effort to sell electric cars that comes as the industry finally is showing signs of breaking through. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, Quad. From its foundation in printing, Quad has transformed itself into a marketing solutions partner. When you're asked to do everything, ask Quad. Check out the new Quad at quad.com. That's Q-U-A-D.com. And now... On to EJ in Chicago. Greetings, this is EJ Schultz, Assistant Managing Editor of AdAge, and welcome to another edition of the Marketer's Brief Podcast. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about one of the most fast-changing industries in the U.S., and that is the electric vehicle market. For years, people talked about so-called EVs, but not many people have bought them. The market share is somewhere around 2% today, and most of that is Tesla. But with new advances in technology, there is renewed optimism that the EV market may finally start entering the mainstream. Big automakers, including Ford, General Motors, just about everybody is investing big time money in this sector in hopes that they can finally start making some real sales. One of the organizations leading that charge is Electrify America. This group formed in 2016 is actually a wholly owned subsidiary of Volkswagen, which is overseeing a 10-year, $2 billion investment on zero emissions vehicle technology and awareness, which means lots of marketing. The spending is mandated as part of the automaker's legal settlement with the government regulators in the wake of its diesel uh, emissions scandal. And here to bring us up to speed on what Electrify America is up to is Rich Steinberg, who is the group's senior marketing director. Hey, Rich, thanks for joining us today on the Marketer's Brief podcast. I wanted to start out, if you could just give me a quick overview of Electrify America. I know you guys are a relatively new organization. Probably a lot of people haven't heard of you. Can you just kind of give me uh, an update on what you guys are up to? That'd be a, a great idea, EJ. I'd love to give an update on what Electrify America is up to. Uh, some of you may or may not know, but we were created about, uh, a little, about two years ago uh, with a sort of a long-term horizon of spending $2 billion over a 10-year span to basically improve uh, the adoption of electric vehicles. That's through a combination of multiple things. My primary investment that we're making over that 10-year span is in uh, essentially the electric vehicle infrastructure or charging stations. But there are other aspects that are involved, which we'll talk about probably more on this podcast, which are about general education awareness to get people to think about buying an EV over those short, middle, and long term. We have a separate pot of money set aside to uh, basically uh, use various media channels to get people to think about buying an electric car. Uh, our first uh, uh, cycle of spending, which was uh, between uh, a couple of years back through June of this year, is focused on sort of a, what we call high-level purchase funnel awareness, which I'm sure you're familiar with. We're just trying to get people to think a little bit about buying EVs, they're fun to drive, they're more affordable than you might think. The range is much, much improved over what you might have expected in the past. Just getting people thinking about buying an EV. And ultimately, as we progress during our 10-year investment plan, we hope to see work a little deeper down in the purchase funnel as more models are on the market. Consideration is, is up and getting people basically to drive them towards the dealership to buy a car. 
Great. I'm, I'm going to get into the messaging in a little bit, but I wanted to back up just, just a tiny bit to, to talk about the origins of your organization. Obviously, you guys were created as a result of the legal settlement, I believe, that Volkswagen had in the wake of the emissions issue. Um, can you explain what role, if any, Volkswagen has in your organization? Or do you guys, do you guys operate totally independently from them? It's a very good question, and as you mentioned, uh, the the idea of creating Electrify America came out of that settlement. And what's a very um, sort of the most important part of that decision that was made by the EPA and the California Air Resources Board is to uh, consider Electrify America an investment, not a penalty, but an investment. And there are other aspects of that settlement that we are regulated to uh, addressing the diesel situation. And we're not part of that. We are owned by Volkswagen, but we're very much independent. And our mission is to basically create a, a business, an ongoing business, that at the end of the 10-year period has value. So our, our investments that we're making now, uh, the expectation is that once that initial period is over, that it's an ongoing uh, viable business to provide uh, basically the fuel of the future, uh, no different than what the gasoline uh, petroleum industry is doing with gas stations where you want to be in that business for electricity. And so that, that kind of creates a unique situation that not a lot of marketers face, right? And that I believe part of your part of the rules that, that guide your organization is you have to be brand agnostic, but you're also running, you know, a multi-million dollar awareness campaign. Um, so how do you go about that? I know you guys did your first round of TV advertising that, that we wrote about at Ad Age late last year, um, and you could see some electric vehicles in those ads, but you, you kind of went out of your way not to actually kind of, you know, plug a specific brand. How, can you explain kind of what, it, what a challenge that is? Yeah, it is a very unique challenge. And normally when you're in the marketing business, you have a particular product you're trying to promote and get people to go shop and learn more about. In this case, this is brand neutral awareness. We're basically trying to set the stage that there are many choices out there and we're not we're not trying to send you in a particular direction. We want to indicate that EVs should be on your shopping list. So, and I touched on those a little bit earlier, there's sort of three key themes that we want to communicate through that campaign and any future campaigns we work on, which is number one, there's a lot to choose from, different body styles. Uh, there's there's uh, uh, economy vehicles, there's premium vehicles, there's SUVs, there's sedans. Uh, so there's good choices out there, number one. Number two, they're fun to drive. Uh, strong acceleration, peak torque right at zero RPM. Uh, that's all what you know. What people want when they're buying a car, they want that that fun to drive aspect. And and third, but not least, is they're much more affordable than people might think, especially with the various incentives that are out there. So those are the three primary themes we worked on for our initial campaign, which was called the Jetstones, which features the the music from the, those two classic cartoon series, and and basically trying to get people to recognize that um, what might think was a, a future concept is actually on the market today. Right, and that ad, and, and we'll 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 put a link to it um, so people can watch it. But that ad that I think has been running since late last year kind of shows a, a guy driving a car, I think in a gas powered car, right? and it's got the Flintstones music going, and then he kind of pulls up to the stoplight, and the guy next to him in an EV, uh, and suddenly the Jetsons music comes on. So the, obviously the the message there is, you know, if you want to be future forward, buy an electric car, right? Essentially, and just by the way, that is a the the actor is a sort of his alter ego. It's the same actor in both instances. He's is the the previous version and the future version of the same actor. Right. And it sort of it gets the message out there. And and how has that ad performed for you guys? I mean, it's been running for a while, right? And it was backed by pretty significant investment. 
Yes, well, we're pretty pretty pleased. Uh, we've driven a fair amount of traffic to our, um, our our website, which is called Plug Into the Present. That was the sort of the call to action with that campaign was to drive people to that website, plugintothepresent.com. And the goal of that website is to uh, get people that were intrigued by the commercial to learn more about EVs. Many of the things I mentioned earlier, uh, you, the, the whole, there's a, we got linked to various other experts in the industry. We don't want to um, uh, be the expert ourselves. We want to use third parties that are experts on that. So we link out to what kind of cars are on the market today. We link out to uh, charging station uh, slight uh, providers. We link out to the incentives that are available on the market, whether it be state or federal. Uh, so we have, uh, we've generated a lot of traffic to our third party partners. And uh, they're very pleased with the kind of traffic that they've been generating. And we ha we're not, as I mentioned earlier, we're not really tracking directly down to vehicle sales, even though that is on the upswing. Uh, but we're just trying to get, um, get, get people to learn more so that uh, when, as they put a car on the shopping list over the next few years, hopefully an EV is on that list. And you, you talked about EV sales being on the upswing, but it's still a tiny piece of the market here in the U.S., I think somewhere around 2%. You know, there's been, it feels like, hype about electronic vehicles for, for a long time. And I know you've been in the automotive industry in previous roles. Um, like, what gives you, I'm assuming you're bullish on this. I mean, you're, you're now working for an organization plugging electronic vehicles. Like, what would you tell the skeptic? Like, why now and why do you think that electric vehicles actually might become more part of the mainstream? Like, what has changed? Uh, great question. Uh, there's actually quite a bit that I would consider to be good news on the horizon. Some of it's actually here today. Uh, there are, when, when you look back at the early EVs, they were sort of economy-oriented, small sedans, um, leaves and bolts. Uh, they did a great job, and, and but the range was perhaps limited in the first generation. Range is now pretty much over 200 miles on any new entry in the market. And you have to give credit to the Tesla story that sort of changed consumer expectations when it comes to what's an acceptable range for an EV. So the various Tesla models have redefined an appropriate range. Now, any new model that's coming into market has 200-mile range is sort of like the cost of entry. And you're also going to see, which, is, which I consider to be very uh, encouraging, is that some of the players that have been sitting on the sideline are now entering the space. So you have the Jaguar I-Pace, for example, which is a nice high-end but not too terribly expensive SUV. And SUV is a style that really wasn't widely available in the EV space. So you have the Audi e-tron, which is coming on the market this spring, which has a great, uh, well over 200-mile range vehicle, which has charging speeds of up to 150 kilowatts, which is three times this, the, what cars currently charge mostly on the market today. And then the new Porsche Taycan, which can charge at the 350 kilowatt level. And I'm just putting a plug a little bit for Electrify America, our stations are capable of charging these new generation electric vehicles at much faster speeds. Also, what's nice about those two vehicles I mentioned is that they're sort of that SUV category, like the I-PACE. And then you have um, then some new entries coming from the Chinese manufacturers, like Byton, that has a very affordable price, high charging speeds, uh, very attractive styling, when they come to market, they're really going to uh, provide a great alternative. And there's even a, a, a new concept out there from a company called Rivian, which is a domestic organization based out of the Detroit area, which has full-size pickup trucks and SUVs coming to market. So 
the variety of choices for an EV, the range of the EV, the performance of the EV, they're all providing much greater selection for customers that's, that's in the market. And as infrastructure improves, which is part of, partly uh, because of our investments as well as others, the ability to take that car anywhere you wish to go will become easier and easier because there is DC fast charging on those highways and those metros that people are interested in traveling to. So one thing I wanted to ask you, I know because you're owned by Volkswagen and Volkswagen itself has outlined a very ambitious plan across their brands, which which do include Audi. Um, and I know that the rules say you guys have to be brand agnostic, but someone might say, okay, what are you guys doing something subtly to actually just kind of favor the Volkswagen cars in some way? Or, or how do you... Like, what would you say to someone who is skeptical on that point? Well, I mean, I, I don't think that's a fair criticism. We're taking a long view on what the charging needs of the future are. Mm-hmm. So uh, the 350 kilowatt chargers we're installing uh, are supposed to last for the 10 years and beyond. So mm-hmm. while we're talking about cars on the market today, that quite a few of them are still only capable of charging at the 50 kilowatt per hour uh, mm-hmm. speed, all the new models come into market, whether they're in one year, three years, or five years' time, uh, we'll, we'll, we're expecting them to be developed to take advantage of that faster charging speed, which will become sort of a new um, USP, you know, buy this car versus that car because the charging speeds are faster. You can you can basically fill up your tank faster if you buy car X versus car Y. So we're prepared uh, with our infrastructure to make that possible, and we expect the automakers to adjust to be able to take advantage of those speeds. And and we just wrote about you guys selecting a new ad agency, right, for the next round of your awareness advertising. Um, you went with uh, Eleven, uh, the agency in San Francisco, and I think they're going to be helping you spearhead a 30-month, $62 million um, campaign. Can you kind of give us uh, some hints on what we might expect from that? I mean, will there be more television advertising? Will you be doing things differently this time around than yeah, what you did with the last round? Let me just clarify that the $62 million that we referenced in the ad age stories is the overall marketing spending for our for our brand neutral and our station awareness campaign combined. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not the not purely an advertising campaign, but an overall marketing approach for all of our various activities. But that being said, um, the, the team at 11 really caught our attention during the uh, review process of the agencies with their very simplified uh, approach to communicating what it's like to live with an EV, what it's like to buy an EV, and essentially the concept of normalization and that some of the concepts that you consider to be novel when you first encounter them, which have become 100% normal and you can't live without today, we want to basically refer back to that era when certain ideas seemed foreign and unusual and now are just so common. We want people to think about EVs in the exact same light. And we use some examples of technology that, that again, we, you, you would take for granted today, but at the time when it, when it first launched, it seemed very far out and very advanced. And now, of course, everybody uses them on a daily basis. What would be some examples of those industries? And, and might we see kind of you guys making those analogies in your communications directly? Yeah, I don't want to get too specific, but uh, you can think about, uh, you know, technologies from uh, the 60s, 70s, and 80s, that, you know, things that... Uh, um, and so some obvious things will come to mind, but I'm not going to get too specific at this point. But certain pieces of technology that everybody relies on that that are now being used on a uh, can't live without basis. Got it. Um, 
I feel like a lot of people think EVs are cool and they'll eventually own one maybe down the road. But I think in a lot of people's minds, this is still something that seems far off. Like, obviously, your job is to accelerate this as fast as possible. Is there anything in particular you're doing to, to tell people, yeah, you know, the time is now, get out, buy one of these? Like, what, what do you think works the best? And what role does sort of environmentalism play in that? Or is that no longer really as much yeah. of a motivating factor as something that just is going to work? Yeah, well, that's a very good question. Better than a regular car. Yeah, it's a very good question. And in fact, most of the communications that you've seen about EVs have been with that environmental tack or, or bend to it. And we're trying to move a little bit away and try to move from the early adopter uh, decision-making process to the more mass mainstream. So we are trying to, to not necessarily have that environmental rallying cry, even though, of course, that is important. But we're trying to make these cars... Um, seem as a as a hundred percent viable alternative to what a gasoline power car would offer. Uh, so that that is the direction we're going. It's a it's it's important that we started with that sort of early adopter phase, but we're trying to transition. Um, and it's too soon to really know what um, uh, what media selections we'll be using to make that message. Uh, but we're, you know we're going to continue to start still at the relatively high purchase funnel level and start working our way deeper down. And I think the other thing we're waiting on or we're trying to complement is other, as other automakers launch their individual electric vehicles on the market, we want to be able to sort of supplement their relatively decent-sized media budgets as they launch their cars and basically round out their activity. So they're going to do some awareness act, uh, work with their launches, and then we'll do uh, our own awareness activities or maybe work, work down deeper down to the funnel to supplement their their advertising efforts. Very good. Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, I just talked to a bunch of these brands for a story that we've got on AdAge um, this week. I feel like the viewer is going to really start to notice more electric vehicle marketing across the board in the next 12 months. It, it kind of feels like 2019 is is really a, the beginning of kind of a key, key period for this. Do you agree? Yeah, we're just, at the, as you said, on the cusp of a lot of new models coming into market from various automakers and different brands. And different segments, and also some new players um, that are going to um, come from China. So it's uh, it is a nice new time. Uh, I think people will have some good alternatives, and range uh, and speed of charging are all becoming um, uh, much smaller barriers than they were in the past. And of course, uh, the investments we're making with uh, DC fast charging infrastructure across the nation will also address some of the one of the other key concerns, which is where am I going to charge this thing? As we're right. investing in, the, in that. And I want to talk about that before we leave. Um, I'm trying to picture, let's, you know, let's flash forward 10 years, 20 years. You know, today we're all so familiar with pulling up to a gas station. You know, there's a convenient mart attached to the gas station. You fill up your car and, you know, a few minutes and you and you leave the gas station. You may go inside and buy, you know, some soda and some chips. Um but how different is this charging infrastructure uh, that you guys are building? Like, where will people see these? I know you've got deals, right, with with Walmart and Target, which is sort of different. Yeah. Um, explain what's going on there. Yeah, well, um, charging is um, a very interesting topic. The majority of people charging today will charge at home. 80% plus of all charging activity, uh, the people that are owning electric cars today is in their own garage. But that still uh, leaves a fair percentage of people that want to use that car as their primary transport tool and need to travel outside of their normal commuting pattern. 
And that's where our electrifier America investment comes into play with our DC fast charging stations, which can, as I mentioned, charge up to speeds of 350 kilowatts per hour. Um, that's for a reference point, 20 miles per minute. So a 10 minute charge can get you roughly 200 miles back in your tank, which is not exactly gasoline speed, but getting much and much closer to that. So that's sort of our place is to locate these things on well-traveled routes, safe, secure locations, well-lit, 24-7 access, bathrooms, shopping activities, so that when people will go to the a Target or a Walmart or some of the other sites we've partnered with, they'll have all those amenities at their disposal. It will take a little bit longer time than gasoline. But those speeds will get faster and faster as those cars come on the market. And um, we hope to be in all those key locations. Obviously, it's not going to be as um, as many as you see. You can see a gas station on four corners on some uh, some highway um, locations, but we're going to have on all the key routes, whether it's our investments or some of the other players in the space, there is, will be more and more charging on the market. It's still a long-term uh, commitment. Uh, Ten years' time is still not likely to be anywhere near as ubiquitous as gasoline stations are, but that gap will close substantially. So today, though, you can actually find some of your stations already at, at, at a Walmart or Target. Is that already happening? Yes, uh, we have over 100 of our stations commissioned. Uh, we are on a very rapid pace of adding more and more stations between now and June. Ultimately, uh, our final goal for our first cycle of investment, which again ends in June, is to have 484 charging stations or locations. Each of those locations will have between four and 10 individual dispensers or chargers uh, with speeds between 50 and 150 and 350 kilowatts. So we're have so uh, multiple, yeah. Go ahead. If I'm refilling, like, or recharging at a Target, can I do it and somehow have my that have my car doing that safely and actually go inside and shop and come back out? Or how how does that work? Yeah, that's exactly right. What we do when you um, 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 engage with the charging station, you have the uh, ability to provide your cell phone number, and we'll provide you on a on a periodic basis an update. Uh, via text of the charging status of your vehicle. If something happened to interrupt the charging flow or if you're getting close to reaching uh, 80% of capacity, which is when charging slows down a little bit, um, we'll be sending you updates so that as you shop, uh, you'll be able to adjust your, your charging activity accordingly. Very cool. So I could see a lot of potential co-branding opportunities there, right? And like a, that's why a store like a Target would have an incentive to locate one of these? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're in conversations with all of our site hosts about how trying to you know, serve up key messaging, whether through our 15-inch display on our chargers or through the, through our app, which we'll launch soon, uh, basically to, to provide messages to come on into the store and get X percent off or buy something in particular that they're promoting. So we're in those, those discussions now with our site hosts, and we hope to be able to have that would, would, would this be another screen of advertising even for a brand that's not like hosting the charging station? Is that part of your model? Um, or it's, not? Yeah, it's too soon to, to know what uh, kind of interest we'll have, um, whether it be a business associated with a site host or perhaps a utility that's part of the uh, providing energy to that location. Um, there's various sources of uh, ad revenue that we're looking at. Very cool. And is, are all of your sites partner locations or do you actually have standalone kind of charging sites that aren't affiliated with an existing, like, are you building your own kind of 
station that would look like a gas station. The majority are all partnered with existing uh, real estate uh, property owners. There's one exception, which is here at our headquarters in Reston, Virginia, where we have a full um, um, offer of all of our different charging manufacturers, our level twos, our DC fasteners are all on display here at our headquarters. And it is open to the public, but um, it's not. That's that's sort of the anomaly. Most of our charging stations are partnered with existing businesses. Great. I wanted to finish. Just, I was hoping you could explain to me. I know you've you've had some experience at some other automakers. How did you get involved in this, and and what what is your background? And and and. Um... Sure. Uh, well, I've been uh, in the car business thirty plus years. Uh, I uh, was a product planning. Um, manager at the BMW group. I got uh, was running the product planning department for the mini brand for many years. And there was a model that came as a model year 08. So it's going back a bit. That was called the mini E. Uh, the mini E was uh, some might considered uh, called a compliance car, which was designed to earn zero emission credits in the state of California and the other California Zeb states. Uh, and that opened up a whole new horizon of the business that I had not been previously exposed to. Uh, I was used to uh, doing product planning for regular gasoline and diesel-powered cars, but I never recognized until I got involved with the Mini-E project that the electric mobility side of the business was a bit more complicated and different. Uh, one thing led to another. I ended up working on the next generation of the BMW Group's electric car, which is something called the Active e which was another uh, converted gasoline-powered car, and ultimately working on the uh, BMW and i3 and i8, which are full-fledged, purpose-built electric vehicles. I also, for a brief period of time, uh, ran an electric vehicle car-sharing service in San Francisco, which was owned by BMW Group, called DriveNow. Uh, DriveNow is actually no longer the name. It's called uh, ReachNow, and I think they've recently... um, uh, combined with the Daimler Group with their car sharing services. Uh, so that's a new uh, part of the industry that's continuing to be disruptive and advancing uh, shared mobility forward. In this case, I did it with an electric mobility solution. So uh, it's been a, a very interesting career. I really love being involved with the electric side of things. I love being involved with the shared side of the business with uh, with a car sharing service. And this position here at Electrify America gives me a chance to be involved with both of those as well. And you also oversee the Green Cities Initiative. Is that part of Electrify America? Can you quickly kind of explain what that involves? Yeah, Green Cities is one of the um, investments we're making in the city of Sacramento, where we're uh, trying to improve the access. The word we use is access, where you don't necessarily need to own an electric car to be able to travel with electric miles. So with our uh, Green City investment, we've uh, actually invested in two separate and distinct complementary car sharing services. One's called Envoy, which is a station-based service where people that live at a particular property will have the ability to have a, a vehicle in their parking lot or in their basement of their apartment complex to use that vehicle, do their errands, come back, and bring it back to where they started from. It's, a, it's an 8A model or a station-based model. And the other uh, service we're investing in is what's called the free float model, which is uh, in cooperation with uh, a subsidiary of AAA called GIG. And that's a free float model where you can pick up the, uh, one of our electric vehicles uh, anywhere in any legal parking spot within their 13 square mile home zone in Sacramento and drop it off at any other location, any other legal parking spot across town without having to 
return it back to where you started from. So it's much more fluid and dynamic. And uh, so we're really um, interested in seeing how those two services work well with each other. We think they're, as I said, complementary. And they offer uh, customers in that city have access to electric, electric miles. And one other thing we're doing with that are two other things we're doing in Sacramento. We're investing in quite a bit of infrastructure to enable those services. And we're also investing in two distinct bus routes in cooperation with the city of Sacramento. One route goes between UC Davis and downtown Sacramento. And the other is in an area called Franklin Boulevard, which is an on-demand shuttle, which is, again, electric. So more and more electric miles are being driven, more electric uh, charging activities will take place in Sacramento with all of our infrastructure, and we're really allowing people to uh, learn how to move without necessarily owning an electric car and getting around the city. And so is this just a pilot that could be then extended to other cities? Yeah, we're, um, we made a commitment for our first cycle investment, which is in Sacramento. Uh, we're going to learn from how those, those projects are performing in our next cycle of investment between now and the end of uh, 2021. And then um, we will go back and then do uh, another version of Green Cities in another California market in our third cycle of investment starting in 2022. Very cool. I'm, we could go on forever. There's just so much going on in this space right now. But um, I think we'll end here for today. And, and maybe you can come back on in a few months and kind of give us an update after the new campaign starts, right? Which I think is slated to start this summer, right? That's correct. I'm looking forward to, to having that discussion. This, this was a very informative dialogue, I hope. Thank you, Rich. Appreciate your time. Okay, thank you. I want to thank EJ Schultz. He is our assistant managing editor for marketing and our Chicago bureau chief. He was speaking about Electrify America on his Marketers Brief podcast. Be sure to look for it next week at iTunes. Uh, I want to thank our sponsor, Quad. Quad's experience helping clients execute complex marketing programs drove its transformation from a printer to a strategic and creatively driven powerhouse. You can learn more about the new Quad at quad.com. That's Q-U-A-D.com. And in the meantime, check us out at adage.com. Subscribe to us at iTunes. You can listen to us at Spotify, Stitcher, wherever there are good podcasts. Rate us highly, tell a friend, and see you Thursday. Thursday.